0: There is a blessing that comes from it, God. You are so good to us, Lord, and I pray for a blessing to pour out of this place, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Come on, give it up for the beautiful Jen. All right. What an amazing testimony. How, how many you know God says to test him when it comes to giving? And uh, I, that's exactly what Johnny and Jen did last year, and uh, the proof is in the pudding. God, uh, God's word is always true. Somebody say it's always true. Amen. Now, I, I do have a little bit of, I, I, I just wanna, I wanna just stop, before we get into the message today, I wanna, I wanna just stop for a minute and let everyone know the very sad news that we have is that Daniel and Katie Beth and Sam and Annette and Mia and Hezi and Lily and Jeremiah and Ellie are moving. And uh, so why don't, you, why don't you, Daniel, you and Katie Beth, Annette, Sam, would you guys stand your feet? You know, this wonderful family was invited to our church by Susan Pike, and it was we were coming out of the pandemic, and um, I re, I'll never forget the day that this big van full of people came driving down the street, and I was thinking, who is that? And then just one by one, this, this entire massive family just got out, and we have been so blessed, so blessed, enriched to know you guys. Just enriched. Every one of your kids have been such a blessing to us. I love, I love just being down here worshiping with your kids. And uh, last week, them break dancing to kind of, uh, kind of do the the, the the children's the end of children's play was just something very special. And uh, they're moving to Wisconsin. Uh, Daniel, not, not Wisconsin. Where, what is it? Missouri. Same thing. Uh, they're moving. To the <laughs> They're, they're, they're moving to Missouri. Uh, Daniel had, had a relocation of his job there. And um, we're, we're just gonna, I, I, t- I, I sent a text message. We're just gonna pray that God's gonna bring them back. And just gonna, I, I, maybe that won't happen, but that's gonna be my prayer, okay? We're gonna pray that God brings them back, just a wonderful family. And we wanna bless you as you go. We wanna pray for you. Is that okay? Can we, can we just stand up all over this room? Come on, would you, can we get some people just to surround, just surround this wonderful family? Uh, thank you so much, Lord. I thank you for this family, Lord, It entered into our church, and it has been such a blessing to us. Lord, to be able to watch their, their, their children grow. God, we'll be able to share in, in the blessings, Lord, that you've allowed us to be a part of, Lord, together. We thank you for bringing them into our community, and I pray, Lord, your blessing upon them, Lord, as they t- travel and move this family, Lord, to, to, to Missouri. Lord, I pray you'd be with them. Give them traveling mercies as they go. I pray you'd bless them, Lord, in, in, in so many ways. God, just overshadow them. Lord, help them find a good church, Lord, that they could be planted in, that they could serve the Lord together in. Lord, we're thankful for them. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to get to know them. In Jesus' name we pray today. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. We are going to miss you guys and there is a hole to fill in our church. Without them here, there's a massive hole. We gotta fill that, we gotta fill that. It it just shows you the importance of just inviting people to church. You know, Susan in, invited this family and the next, the next week they were here. And, and we, I can't imagine life without them. So, so that just shows you the importance of why don't you bring someone to church, amen. I, I wanna welcome everybody watching with us online. I know there's quite a few of you today because I know there's a lot of people that are kind of under the weather and uh, all of that. But we wanna wish everyone, whether you're in the house or watching with us online, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. 2022 is gonna be a good year. Can I prophesy, 2022 is gonna be a very, very good year. And so as we began to think about this upcoming year, our, 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 our pastoral team got together, and uh, we began to meet, and we started talking about this year, about our conference that's gonna be happening in March. Uh, you might wanna just, re- the last weekend in March, we're gonna be having our, our Elevate conference is gonna be coming up. And we wanted, to, we wanted to get this year started, and we wanted to start it with an aggressive approach. Somebody say aggressive. We wanna be aggressive. We, we, want, we have to develop an attitude, and we felt like it's important for us as a church to develop an attitude that we're unwilling to be pushed around. Anybody tired of being pushed around? I, I'm tired of it too. I, I believe that God's called us as a congregation to, to slay giants that giants have to be destroyed, that strongholds that have tried to grip our society, they've got to be brought down. And when I read the word of God, I see men and women of God that are are pressing forward. I see men and women that have courage, that, that walk forward with valor, that aren't intimidated by the world, they're undeterred in doing what God's called them to do. And I believe that that's gotta be our approach. That their stories are in the Bible to inspire us to live the same way. So when I read Paul who wrote I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me to, I say you know what, I wanna be able to say that. In Isaiah I know that that the Bible says fear not for I am with you is what God says. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I mean when when I read words like that it inspires me not to just take a passive approach but to move forward. Ephesians 6.10 tells me to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Literally, all throughout God's word, there's a push. There's a push. There's a push, it's, it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an, an encouragement to push into what God has for you. There's an encouragement to push out into the unknown, into the, the untapped potential. There's, there's an encouragement to push against the agendas and the patterns of this world. It's all throughout scripture. And so what I want you to do right now is push your neighbor. Go ahead, just push him. Push him. What does push, what does that even mean? Push. Push means to exert force. Did you hear that? It means to exert force. And what we need at the beginning of this year is a giant push. Come on, a giant push. That's the title of this message this morning, a giant push. Now we all know that David killed Goliath Stay with me, we know that David killed Goliath, but a lot of times what we don't know is that Goliath had four brothers. It's interesting, in 1 Samuel 17, in the story of David and Goliath, the Bible says that David took his staff in his hand, chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and then put them in a shepherd's bag. Now, I don't wanna suggest that he took five smooth stones because he knew that Goliath had four other brothers, I think he took five because he wanted extra ammo. Don't you? Like I think he took five stones because he thought, hey, if the first shot glances off the head of Goliath, I've got four more to go, all right? So I'm I'm sure that's the reason, but I do believe that God is in the details. How many believe that? I believe that God is in the details, and even in this text, with David choosing five smooth stones, I believe there's a prophetic edge to it. Scripture's gonna show us that Goliath wasn't the only giant in Gath, all right? He had four brothers that David and David's men would have to take down. And so when the Holy Spirit prompted David to select five smooth stones from the brook, there was a prophetic edge to it. Now I want to read about these different giants and we're going to talk about them today because I believe they represent the giants that we've got to take down in our lives, okay? And so we're going to read the story today a little bit a couple texts. First Sam, I mean excuse me, second Samuel will be in second Samuel and will be in first Chronicles chapter 20. Second Samuel 21. You can just read along with me on the screen this morning. It says that when the Philistines were at war in Israel, David and his servants went with him and went down and fought against the Philistines and David grew faint. Then ishbi banab who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, he thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zuriah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to David and said, you will not go out with us into battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sebekai, the Hushtatite, killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. And again, there was a war at Gob with the Philistines where Elhanan, the son of Jair Oregim, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again there was a war at Gath, and there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. And he, he also was born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. And we pick up the name of all of them right here in the next one, 1 Chronicles chapter 20, all right? So if you're there, verse 4, just a couple more scriptures. It says, now it happened afterward that war broke out with the Philistines, at which time Sebekai, the Hushtatite, killed Sippai, who was one of the sons of the giant and they were subdued. Again, there was a war with the Philistines and El-Hanan, son of Jair, killed Lachmi, the brother of the Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again, there was war at Gath, and there was a man of great stature with 24 fingers and toes, six on each hand, six on each foot, and he also was born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These were born to the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of of his servants. Now, I know that's a lot of scripture, but I think it's gonna be important for us because warfare is normal if you're a Christian. I'm gonna say that again, all right? Warfare is normal if you are a Christian. And what you'll find is that you and I, we live in dueling kingdoms. There's two kingdoms that are alive at, at present. There's the kingdom of God which we're a part of. Aren't you glad to be a part of the kingdom of God? There's the kingdom of God which we're a part of, and there's the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world is infected. It is saturated by a satanic virus, and it rages against Christ and against the kingdom of God. There will always be, as long as we're alive on this planet, there will always be a kingdom, a spirit of this world that rages against God. Now if you read our Bible reading plan, we just started, we just started in the year. We're two days in, and you can see this in the first two days, just in our, in our readings of Psalms. Because Psalm one, which we started with on, on, on day one, January 1st, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. You know what I'm talking about. That's the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad to be a part of that kingdom? Flip the page, Psalm 2, all of a sudden it shows a different kingdom. And it says, why do the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. How many know that's happening right now? There's a rage against the people of God. There's a rage against against God. And it says, and, and these kings say, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. But thank God, God who sits in the heavens, just laughs. Aren't you grateful for a God that just laughs at the world and its schemes? There is a war going on. Are you hearing me today? There's a war, there's a restlessness, there's a rebellion that's happening in this world, and whether you like it or not, there's a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And what you need to understand is that if you do not understand your authority, and if you do not understand spiritual warfare, you're gonna live a very limited life. And you say, well, wait a second, I'm a born-again Christian, and I'm saying yes, Yes, but you're going to look back from heaven and you're going to realize, I should have pushed that devil out. I I should have pushed that stronghold down. I should have taken down that giant. Because we are in a battle and we're not just supposed to stand by and just make it to heaven. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to overcome the kingdom of this world. Are you with me today? And so the the first giant that David took down, we know, was a man by the name of Goliath. Goliath was giant number one. And Goliath, what you, need to, what you need to know, the name Goliath means soothsayer. Soothsayer. What is a soothsayer? You ask. Well, a soothsayer is a fortune teller. A soothsayer is a medium. It's a demonic prof, prof, uh, prophet. It's one that that prophesies, but not by the spirit of God, but prophesies by a demonic spirit. And so Goliath, or the soothsayer, presented himself. Every day, 40 days and 40 nights, morning and evening, the soothsayer would come out to harass God's people. I want you to just kind of picture this. As the sun would be rising over the Israelite camp, there would come Goliath with a bronze helmet and a coat of armor. He'd have a sword, he'd have a spear, he'd have a javelin. There'd be someone in front of him carrying his shield. He would be dressed for battle and he'd come out every morning and every evening out into the valley and he would shout to God's people. And he would say, give me men that we may fight. For some reason, I think Goliath sounded Russian. Like that's what I, I, so 40 days and 40 nights, he'd be out there morning and evening, every day he'd be defying the armies of the living God. We can read about it in, in 1 Samuel, in, when, when Goliath, and, and, and I'm not gonna try to do it in Russian, but, but just picture Goliath. He says, am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he's able to fight with me and kill me, we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you will be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me men that we may fight together. Morning and evening, 40 days and 40 nights, the first word they heard was an intimidating word from this big giant Goliath. The last word they heard was an unsettling word from this big, giant Goliath. Every morning, every evening, the soothsayer was speaking words over this Israelite camp. And I I began to think about it that so many Christians live the same way. So many Christians go to heaven, but they live this intimidated, kind of unsettled life because they're living under a word that they haven't taken down over their life. You can read the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaching us how to pray, he says, he says pray this way, say our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will, how many, how many want God's will to be done? Let me tell you something. God, God doesn't will anything that he doesn't first word. He doesn't word anything he doesn't will. And so you know his will by his, you know his will by his word. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know God's will by his word. The Bible says in Numbers 23 that God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible says that every word that proceeds from the mouth of God will not return to him void. It always accomplishes that for which it was sent. How do I know God's will? It's in his word. How do I know God's word? It's, it's his will. They're interchangeable. God's word and God's will are inter- interchangeable. It's so important that you know the word of God because if you know God's word, you'll know his will. And so here's Goliath, every single morning, every single evening, presenting himself, the Bible says, day and night, morning and evening. And this is what the devil does to us. He wants to to present a different word for you to live under. Every day, he wants to replace scripture with a new script. Morning and evening, day and night. He comes to you every morning. He comes to you every evening, every day, every night. And and let me tell you something, that's how the devil works. You see it first in Goliath, but you can see it operating even now. It's a word that tries tries to lay over your life. He presents a word every morning, every evening. This is why all throughout scripture, the Bible shows us how to overcome the soothsayer. Psalm One, Blessed is the man we read it, we read it yesterday. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the Word of God, and on his law he meditates day and. Day. Come on, the soothsayer comes every day, every night, and we overcome the soothsayer by by having the word of God over our lives every day and night. Joshua, Joshua's only job was to take the children of Israel into the promised land, to cross the Jordan River and lead God's people into the promised land. His job was to take down the giants that, that, that possessed the promised land. His job was to conquer, dispossess, drive out all the enemies of God. And this is what God told him before he set out to do this, he said, this is how you're going to do it. He says, Joshua, in in, in verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, no man, somebody say no man. Man. Say it loud like you mean it. No man. man. No man shall be able to stand before you. Oh, I don't know about you, but that would pump me up a little bit. He said, there is no man that will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Then God says, be strong and courageous, and in in verse eight, he gives them the key to taking down giants. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Day and night, God introduces Jesus in the book of Revelation as the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Aleph and he is the Toph. He is the first and the last. And Satan wants the first thought and the last thought to be hopeless and fear and despair and disappointment and failure and discouragement because he wants to rob you, he wants to destroy your destiny. And so many Christians live under a word that is not scripture. They live under a script that's not scripture. It's a script that the devil's placed over your life that you'll never be able to do this and you'll never be able to, you'll never amount to anything, that you don't have an education, that your family is a mess, that you've got ADD, you've got ADHD, you're such a failure. Look at yourself. And so you end up living under a script that doesn't reflect the Word of God. Because the word doesn't speak those things over you. And so you've got to make a decision this morning that the first giant that you're going to push down in 2022 is the soothsayer. you got to say, now that I am born again, I am no longer a part of the kingdom of this world. And now, now that I am born again, I am actually part of the kingdom of God. And his word reigns in his kingdom. His word prevails in his kingdom. Amen. Now here's the problem. The problem is this is that sometimes what the soothsayer is saying, it has an amen to it. In other words, sometimes my life, when I look at my life and I look at what the soothsayer is saying, it kind of agrees with it. Even Goliath, when he goes to the children of Israel, he asks the question, he says, hey guys, am I not a Philistine? What was Goliath saying in that moment? He was saying this. He was saying, don't you guys have a promise that God will drive out all of the enemies of Israel? He was saying, aren't the Philistines one of those enemies? Aren't I a Philistine? I'm standing right in front of you. Basically, Goliath was saying something like this. God can heal a headache, but I'm cancer. You know what I'm saying, like well, God can take care of your credit card debt, but you'll never be able to buy a home. Goliath is standing there and he's saying, I defy the word of God. You you can deal with the little things, but I'm a giant. I'm I'm, I'm big time here. And so you've gotta make a decision today, not till I'm not gonna allow my feelings, my experiences, or my circumstances get in alignment with the soothsayer. I'm pushing back against that. I'm pushing back. This is why I love David. Because that's exactly what David does. David comes down and he's like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, hold up for a minute. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this man that that he should defy the armies of the living God? Why was David able to say that? I'll tell you why. Because David knew what God said to Joshua. David knew the word of God. And David knew that God told Joshua that no man will be able to stand before you. And so David's looking out in the valley and what he sees is a man standing before them. And David's like, he may be nine foot, Nine inches tall, but he is a man. He may be coated with armor. He may be big, but he is still a man. He may be 10 foot tall. He may be intimidating. He may be piping off in the morning and in the evening, but he is an uncircumcised man. He is not in covenant with my God. How come no one has pushed this fool down? This is what David is saying. And so we got to make the decision to have the attitude of David and say, you know what? I'm not allowing that soothsayer, that big giant Goliath. I'm not going to come in agreement with that. I'm taking down the soothsayer. David, Goliath, you are going down. Don't let the devil's word be a script over your life. Instead, say, you know what? I'm going all out for the word of God. 2022, I'm going all out. What God says, I'm believing it, and that settles it. If If God says it, that settles it, I'm believing it. All right, I'm putting up a screen on I'm putting something on the screen for you guys to look at right here. If you are making the decision I'm going to put God's word first in 2022, you can join my Bible reading plan. And this is a commercial. Just text BIBLE to 714-832-9727 and you will be entered in. You'll get a link in the next 5 minutes. You'll get a link into join the Bible reading plan where we go through the word of God the whole word of God, the whole Bible, in one year. And we just finished, I just finished probably for my eighth time. And I'm telling you what, it gets better every year. I'm challenging you right now. I, I've already used two, two, two texts, in the, in the first two days, I've already used two of those in this message. God speaks to you through his word. That's what he does. Text Bible to 714-832-9727 to join my Bible reading plan. God bless you, amen. Giant number two, leave that up there for the people who are slow. Giant number two. I'm gonna get a drink give you a chance to do that. Text Bible, 714-832-9727. It's totally free. So if you think that we're trying to get some money out of this, we're not, it's totally free. All right, everybody done? I just didn't see very many phones out. That's it's kind of bothering me a little bit, all right. I got one back there, all right, good. Praise the Lord. Giant number two is a guy by the name of Lachmi. Lachmi, okay, we're gonna say it like that, Lachmi. Lachmi comes from the word Lechem. And if you remember, we talked about Lechem being part of Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is a house of bread, right? And so Lachmi, this giant's name actually means keeper of the bread occupier of the bread. And so we know that Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. He also said, it's not good to take away the children's bread. In other words, you are entitled to bread. Lock me, this big fat giant, stands there and says, nah, I'm the keeper of the bread. I'm the one that gets the bread. Listen, the enemy doesn't mind you saved and going to heaven. He just doesn't want you occupying bread. He doesn't want you prospering. He doesn't want you fulfilled. He doesn't want you nourished. Satan is the enemy of nourishing. You're called to take down Lachmi. And some of you are like, oh no, here we go, prosperity. Prosperity stuff is happening again. Listen, Lachmi is a giant sent by the enemy. He's not the occupier of the bread. He's not the keeper of the bread. God is the one that gives bread. God is, he's the bread of life. God wants you to flourish. Can I tell you that? He wants you to increase. I know that some people get weird about this. This whole idea that God actually blesses people. Like people get really upset about this. There's all kinds of people making videos saying how, how this prosperity gospel, and they'll say, show me in the word where word the Bible says to give, and somehow God's gonna give back to you. Well, that's Luke 6.38, from the mouth of Jesus. You, yeah, yeah, but you're saying that if you're generous to God and, and if you're generous to others, then, then God, God's gonna somehow be generous to you. Yeah, the Bible says that in Proverbs 11:24, The generous soul will prosper, and he who waters will himself be watered. Yeah, yeah, well, all these prosperity preachers say if you give your tithe, that God will somehow open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Yeah, that's in Malachi chapter three, verse 10. It's literally all through the Bible. Like like all through the Bible. Psalm 35 says the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God didn't put the wealth in the ground for the wicked. It's not for the wicked. He put the resources in the ground for the righteous. Are you with me today? So if you're reading in the Bible reading plan, just yesterday we read that there was a river that flowed out of Eden. And that river separated into four separate rivers. And the first branch was was a branch of the river called the Pishon, or whatever. Pishon, Pishon, something like that. And the Bible says that this, this river that just went out of Eden, which, which Adam and Eve would have to exit Eden very, very, very soon, they're gonna have to get kicked out of Eden very soon, so God makes sure they're taken care of because that first branch of the river, they'd leave the garden and this, they'd, be, they'd be next to this Pishon river, river full of gold and precious stones. It's in the Bible, read it. Why did God do that? He knew they were gonna need it. He says, I gotta take care of, it. listen, people that have money problems don't wanna hear about money. They don't want want the pastor talking about money and the reason people with problems with money don't want to hear about money is because they have problems with money. I'll say that again. People that have money problems don't want to hear about money and the reason they don't want to hear about money is because they have problems with money. But the people that don't have money problems have no problem hearing about money. They have money, money doesn't have them and so they love to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Greedy people don't give. True. It's just the way it is. Let's just get with it. Greedy people don't give, and giving people don't greed. Yeah. That, that's just the way it works. And so here's the thing. Some of you would think, well if, if I made all kinds of money, then, then I'm gonna backslide. I'm gonna, I'm gonna backslide. If, I have all, if God gave me millions of dollars, let me tell you something. You don't have to worry about backsliding if God gave you millions of dollars. And let me tell you why. Because you don't have to keep it. We're gonna give you opportunities every time we gather to give it to the Lord. We're gonna challenge you to give your first fruits to God. We're gonna challenge you to be generous. And if you are, greed will never get a grip on you. You'll have a testimony like Jen gave this morning. Oh, how God's, their generosity produced, generosity from God flowing into their lives. You don't have to worry about turning into Smeagol. My precious. It's mine. But you don't have to worry about that, all right? we got to take down Lachmi, the occupier of the bread. Come on, 2022, I want to see the blessing of God. Come on, flow into your life, into your family, into this church, so we can do all that God's called us to do. Somebody shout amen. amen. Giant number three is a guy by the name of Sipai. Sipai. Sipai means the terminator in the doorway. The terminator in the doorway. Here's the thing. When you are saved, when you give your life to God, the Bible says that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Anybody glad that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life shout amen. The moment you give your life to Christ, you are given eternal life. But I don't know if you've noticed, the moment you get saved, you're not transported into heaven. You're given eternal life, but you're not all of a sudden, you know with all the angels and God and everybody's having a great time and there's no sickness and no pain. No, God leaves you here in this chaotic mess. Has anybody noticed that? So while you and I are alive in this world, you're gonna find, this is how it works, life arrives in stages. It's experienced in seasons and it's lived on levels. Okay? I'm gonna say that again. Life arrives in stages. It's experienced in seasons and lived on levels. You'll see that in every area of life, whether it's pregnancy. Cindy is in her third trimester. There are three trimesters in, in, in pregnancy. Your life, life is, 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 is all kinds of seasons and stages of childhood, to adolescence, to adulthood, to family, to middle age, to old age. It's, it's all part of the stages and seasons of life. We can see it in our weather patterns that there's spring and summer and then there's fall and there's winter. Life is is experienced in seasons. But here's the thing you need to grab a hold of, it's lived on levels. God wants to take you to the next level. I'm gonna prove it to you, Revelations one. John's writing, He he has a revelation of Jesus. And he says this, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice, verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like brass, as if refined in a furnace. His voice, like the sound of many waters. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet. But he laid his hand on me and said to me, don't be afraid, I'm the first and the last. I'm he who lives. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. And I have the keys of death and Hades. And so John has this, he has this revelation of Jesus, and then you read just a few chapters later, And we just read this at the end of last year in chapter four. The Bible says that John writes, he says, after these things, the things we just read about, after these things I looked and there was a door open in heaven and the first voice which I heard, what voice is he talking about? The one from chapter one. The first voice was like a trumpet now speaking with me and it said, come up here and I will show you things which must take place. In other words, I was experiencing God on this level. I saw Jesus here. I experienced, I had a revelation of Jesus here, but there's another level. Are you with me? There's another level. We have to push into the next level. That's how God works. He works line upon line precept upon precept. He takes us from glory to glory. Life arise, arrives in stages. It's experienced in seasons, but it's lived on levels. When you get saved, you, you, you got saved on a particular level, and God begins to work on you, hopefully. God begins to work on you, and you begin to let old things go. How many are grateful for that? There's a maturing that happens in your life as a believer. There's a development that begins to take place inside of you. What's, what's happening? God's taking you upward. He's taking you to the next level. Paul says it like this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I was here, but now I'm here. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now here's the problem. Even though God wants to take us to the next level, Sipai is there. And he's the terminator in the doorway. He doesn't want you to go through that door. He don't don't want you to get to the next level. He doesn't want you to take the next step. He wants you to stay right here. Are you with me today? He wants you to stay right here, and here's God. He's opening the door, and he's calling. He's saying, come up here, and Sipai's like, stay down there. God's like, come up here, I wanna show you something. Sipai's like, you gotta stay down there. And I'm telling you right now, 2022, we gotta push through that Sipai. You are anointed of God to take down Sipai, that terminator in the doorway. He's trying to stop you, take him down. Somebody shout amen. That was like five of you. Somebody shout amen. Amen. All right, giant number four is a guy by the name of Ishbi Banab. Ishbi Banab. I think that's what, how it's, it's, it's described. Ishbi banab. Does anybody want to know what he means? Ishbi banab means occupier of the priestly places. Occupier of the priestly places. This spirit wants to occupy the priestly place. He wants you living with the stains of your past. He wants wants your past sins, uh, he wants your life filled with remorse, he wants your life filled with regret, filled with guilt. See, here's the thing, There's, there's no time machine that you can get in to take you back into your past so that you can make better choices. We've all made bad ones, right? And so this giant never lets up constantly reminding us. He'll never give you peace. He wants to remind you of the sinner that you were, he wants to remind you of all your failures, all your mistakes, but here, here's the thing, when I read the word of God, I recognize that God lives outside of time. That he is the alpha and the omega, he's the beginning and the end, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so, so that means that God is in my past mopping it up. Aren't you grateful for that? And all the mistakes, God's back there, he's cleaning all that mess up. And, and, and actually right now, he's in my present, and he's working right now with me. He's working with you right now, he's in your present, but he's also in your future, and he's setting it up. The Bible says in Psalm 37 that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. And so here's Ishbi He wants to occupy the priestly places. He wants you to occupy the places that you experience freedom. He wants to occupy the place, listen to me, come on, grab a hold of this, This it's important. He wants to occupy the place that you experience full deliverance. He wants to occupy the place where you experience cleansing. Romans one, look at this, I I want you to grab a hold of this. Romans one verse one, it says Paul. He says a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I wanna stop there because, because what do you mean Paul? What about Saul? What, what, what about Saul? You mean, you mean Saul, right? I mean the murderer of Christians. But, but, but Paul says, no wait, mom and dad named me Saul. And while I was Saul, I made some bad choices. I made some, I made some bad decisions. But I've been born again. Mom and dad named me Saul, Yes, I'm a murderer of Christians, but guess what? I've been born again, and that's not who I am anymore. I am now, Paul, a bond servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. What was he saying? I've been called to priestly places. See, here's the truth. God doesn't mind Keith being saved. I mean, excuse me. Satan doesn't mind Keith being saved, but he can't stand it if Keith is anointed, you know what I mean? Like, like the devil doesn't mind Johnny being saved. But, but what the devil can't stand is Johnny filled with the Holy Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, what, 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 the devil doesn't mind the fact that, 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 that John is a Christian. He doesn't mind that at all, but he doesn't want John moving in the power of the Spirit. You have been called by God to priestly places. The Bible says that you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Are you with me today? He's called you to priestly places. And what the Ishbi Banab wants to do is say, you know what, you can't go there. Remember what you did. Remember who you are. There's no way you could ever be an apostle separated to the gospel of Christ. But I'm here today to tell you, Ishbi Banab, you're going down. We're walking in the anointing that God's given us. Somebody shout amen. Come on. We're occupying the priestly places. Number five, giant number five is unnamed. Unnamed, all we know about this guy is he has six fingers on his, on each hand, and six toes on each foot. Six is the number of man, it's the number of man. 12 is the number of government, and you can see this. Six being the number of man, I mean, I used to think that, that the mark of the beast was, was a six, six, six tattooed on your head or on your hand or something like that. What was that, six is the number of man. 12 is the number of government. How many tribes did Israel have? 12, right? How many disciples did Jesus have? You're gonna get used to this after a minute, okay? How many months are in a year? Very good. How many constellations are there? 12, yeah, that's right. How, How many notes are in an octave? That's right, there's 12. How many hours in a day? 12. How many hours in a night? There's 12. And so this giant, Stay with me. This giant has six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, six is the number of man. This giant has 12 fingers and 12 toes, 12 is the number of government. This is human government here. This is the giant of human government aligned against God. This is what we were reading about in Psalm 2. Psalm 2 says, why do the nations rage? Why do the kings set themselves against the Lord? And so here at Elevate Ministries, we teach that we trust God, we question the government. We trust God, we're suspicious of man. Is somebody with me today? Fools will tell you, trust the government, follow the science, trust man, question God. That's what the world is saying right now. I don't know, don't know if you've noticed that. We're the opposite here. Because we know in Jeremiah 17, the Bible says that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked, deceitful above all things who can know it. Rebellion is in the heart of man. Scripture warns us that government is gonna rage against God. Are you with me today? We're seeing that. We're seeing kings and kingdoms of this world raging against God. But I want you to notice this giant has no name. This giant has no name and it tells us something. It tells us that this giant operates in stealth mode. That's how Satan works. In Genesis 3, the Bible says that the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. In other words, Satan entered into something God made. Satan isn't the serpent, Satan entered the serpent. Are, are you with me today? Satan entered Judas. Judas wasn't Satan, Satan entered Judas. He looked like one of the 12. He looked like one of the disciples. That is what the occult is. The occult is, means concealed, it means covered, it means hidden. This is how the, the spirit of this world operates. It's behind the scenes, it's a giant with no name. Are you following me? All that we can see is that it's operating in government and literally everywhere you look. But I wanna tell you something, this giant was also brought down by David and his men. It was a pesky giant, but they still took down this, this giant. And I want you to understand something today, that David was called to take down these five giants. David and his men took down all five, Goliath and his four brothers took them all down. And I wanna show you that you're, you're anointed to do, to do the same. Because the same anointing that David had, it, it, it flowed through him all the way to the son of David, which is Jesus our Lord. And because we've been born again, we are now also in the bloodline of Jesus. And we carry the exact same anointing, the the anointing that was on David to take down those giants, the anointing that was on Jesus Christ, that same anointing has been passed down to you and I. We have been anointed right here on the the brink of 2022. We We have been anointed to take down giants. Even this last one that is raging right now. The Bible says greater is he that is in you and he that's in the world. We have authority. Are you with me today? We don't, have to, we don't have to get pushed around. We don't have to get pushed around by Goliath, the soothsayer that wants a word, wants to put a word over your life, wants to write a new script that isn't scripture and put it over your life. We, we could take down Goliath. You don't have to allow Lachmi, the occupier of the bread. My mom called him the, the dough boy. He's just a doughboy. boy. Lachmi is not the occupier of the bread. You are. God's given you bread. He wants to pour out blessing on your life. Lachmi wants to occupy. Don't let Lachmi steal your bread. Come on, we can take down that, that giant. You don't have to let the Terminator in the doorway. Sipai. The one that wants to stop you from getting to the next level. He has no authority over you. You can take down the terminator in the doorway. You don't need to let Ishbi Banab rob you of your priestly blessings. God's given you, he's anointed you, he's called you, he's filled you with his spirit. You can do all things through, you have power. God God wants you to operate in priestly places. That's your role. It's not the pastor's job, that's your job. You could take down Ishbi Banab and you don't have, and we can also take down that last unnamed giant that's trying to dominate, dictate, subjugate your life. We're not, we're, not, we're not putting up with that. We're not getting pushed around by that anymore. We're taking down, we're taking down that giant. Come on, if you're with me, just, just stand your feet all over this room, come on. This year, we're pushing back, we're pushing back. Come on, would you say that right now? In your prayer to God, say Lord, this year I'm pushing back pushing back I'm pushing back for my my own life I'm pushing back for my family Lord, I'm not allowing these giants, Lord, that you've anointed me, that you've called me, that you've showed me in your word that I can take down. Lord, I'm not allowing these giants to have room in my life anymore. I'm not allowing these giants to push me around, to speak word over my life. I've got the word of God. What you say, I believe, and that's settling it. In Jesus' name, come on, right now. Right now, in this room, come on, somebody, I need children of God to say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm rising up. I'm not gonna sit back and allow the enemy allow the devil just to overtake my life to take my bread uh, to take my calling to take my anointing i'm not allowing the devil any room to, to speak words of that aren't aren't scripture over my life i'm ignoring them i'm putting them to the side i'm i'm taking down that giant in jesus name come on all over this room come on thank you lord thank you lord they're defeated in jesus name lord i'm more than a conqueror in jesus name no man can stand against me lord your word promises it and i believe it in jesus name thank you lord come on come on would you lift your hands and a crowd to god lord i want i'm asking you god anoint me lord fill me with your spirit this year god lord i want to push back i want to push in i want to push against god in jesus name thank you lord Let it al- we want it all. Lord, everything that you have for us. Well, we don't want to get to heaven and look back and see the giants we should have taken down. The giants we should have pushed back against on. The things that you called us to overcome. Lord, we don't want to look back and see that we didn't. We want to do that. We want to take ground. We want to push in. We want to push against. We want to push forward. We want to we want everything that you have for us and nothing less. Come on, say that. I want everything you have for me and nothing less. Come on, say it right now. I want everything you have for me, nothing less. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all, God. I know it gets better. Come on. Come on, would you just just say, Lord, thank you, God. I know it gets better. The best is yet to come, God. The best is yet to come. The future is, is better than the past. Lord, I know you've got another level for me. Come on, would you say, Lord, take me to the next level. I want to go to the next level. Lord, I recognize it only gets better. Come on, it only gets better. Come on, would you sing that with us, Bryn? It only gets better. Thank you, Mom. It only gets better. Come on, come up. Come up is what Jesus says. Come up. It only gets better. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, it only
0: gets better, it only What a great way to start the new year. How I many appreciate that message today? I don't know. am fighting words, man. I'm ready to kick some tail. It's going to be a fun year, man, here at Elevate Ministries. I believe it. One of the fun things that we're going to do, which is what we always do, and that's First Wednesday, sir. First Wednesday service. Don't, don't forget, First Wednesday at this church is always one of the greatest times. We have such a good time. We get together. We're loud. We're proud. We're excited. That's who we are. That's who Elevate Ministries is. Make sure that you come to First Wednesday service and invite someone to come along with you. We want to thank you for coming today. We love you today. God bless you. Everybody that's here in this room, everybody that came to join in with us, to, to, to pray with us, worship with us, and hear from the word with us. We love you. Let's make this a good year. Amen. Hey man, God bless you as you go.